Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I run into a lot of talented folks in my work with Song of the Soul. Some I just hear or see on the net, but some I can't help but pursue as guests for my show. It was maybe a year ago that a video came my way of a group called Foxes and Fossils, doing an amazing 2010 cover of Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, and then another and another video, and then soon after John Prine died, I saw a captivating cover of the group doing his Angel from Montgomery. The mastermind behind their work, Tim Purcell, and a super talented musician himself, is here today. Like me, Tim is a garrulous, friendly person with lots of stories, so remember to look for bonus excerpts of this interview on the northernspiritradio.org website. Tim is deeply steeped in music, both performing and writing, and though I got to know him through the scrumptious video covers that Foxes and Fossils do, Tim Purcell is rich in all the songs he's written and performed. Very few of those songs, however, are available to the world, except here, today, as Tim Purcell joins us via Zoom from Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Tim, what excitement it is for me to have you here for Song of the Soul. My pleasure. I'm honored that you would ask me. Well, as you know, you're only second place that Sammy, your daughter, got first place because I interviewed her a couple months ago. How do you feel when your daughter eclipses you? <laughs> I'm absolutely proud of her. I just can't tell you how proud I am of her. She amazes me every time she does something new, and she does something new quite often. She is amazing, but you're amazing. I've watched so many clips of the Foxes and Fossils performing. Your vocals, her vocals, Maggie vocals, Chase's vocals, and all the other members of the group. Was that your starting point for Foxes and Fossils? I'm going to find everybody who has a great voice. It's always been a dream of mine to be in a great vocal group. I've been in a lot of bands and even duos that I wanted to be the weakest link in a vocal ensemble. <laughs> if I could be the weakest link, it would be really good. By that, I don't mean to put myself down or because I realize that I do have a talent to sing and I love it and I've done it all my life. But in past groups, it would fall upon me or some other guy that had to sing falsetto to round out the harmony structure of a song. And I wanted to find myself in a situation where I had someone who could sing that part better than me, albeit if I was singing falsetto. Do you understand what I mean? Have people that were competent singers, not just competent, but really good singers who were in their honey spot as far as the range goes and all. And I think that that's really the key to the success of this group competent singers singing comfortably where their voices belong. It just evolved that way. It started out with just me and Sammy and then Sammy, me and Maggie. Then Darwin, who was a big part of what we do, came in. So we had four singers there that were really good. When Maggie's college work internship situation in Nashville really prevented her from coming home for jobs, we considered scrapping the whole thing. 
because how could you replace Maggie? Luckily, through a series of circumstances, we stumbled on Chase, and she's marvelous. She's outstanding. She's the person among all of us, I think, who could actually have a career as a singer. So then last year, about this time, when Maggie suggested that we start doing some more recording, you know, remote recording and the making of videos, we invited the whole fold back in. So we have now... We have Darwin, Chase, me, Sammy, and Maggie, all of whom are competent lead singers, singing right in their honey spot. And the blend is just, you hear it, and I realize it's special. The first video I think that I saw of you, Foxes and Fossils, that that incarnation of you and other singers, was Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, which a song has always blown me away. And you blew me away on top of being blown away already. And if I recall correctly, that was a live performance. I think Sammy maybe was 15 at that time. Correct. And Maggie was 16, I think. Correct. Was that your first big performance together? Is that number five in a line? How did that go? It was the very first time we ever sang together in front of an audience. That song was that we opened with that song. Wow. I'm just, it still just sends chills down my back because that is so beautiful, so wonderfully done with youth and age, your foxes and the fossils like you. I understand you're just a couple years younger than I am, but you've also had a fusion of the kind of music that you're doing as a group. Plus, there's this whole history of songs that you wrote. Tim Purcell has his name on these and creating these songs in addition to all the covers you do. Could you lay out for me your career musically? When did you start doing music? What was your first band? American Apple. It was a take up on the Beatles Apple label. I was, I think, 12 or 13. I can't remember, but there was some older guys who had started a band Darwin was in that band playing guitar and singing. And the guy that was playing keyboards for them, his mother made him quit. So they called me up and said, hey, we know you can sing a little bit. Would you like to come be our keyboard player? And at the time, I did not play keyboards at all. I played guitar. But we had a piano in our house. I was the only one of my siblings. My mother didn't force to take piano lessons. We had a piano at the house and I asked them what songs they were doing. And it was just some grand funk or something. I don't know. But I sat down and taught myself to play the keyboard well enough to go over and join their band as the keyboard player. That band lasted a year and a half, maybe. I don't know. We just practicing in somebody's garage and we may have played two jobs. But that led to some other things. Darwin had blossomed already as a guitar player and was doing, you know, more more better stuff from the era. And I always was hanging around as a singer and a keyboard player. And I bought my own keyboard at that time. Was also playing high school sports. And sort of had to juggle my schedule and choose what I wanted to do. And, of course, my parents didn't want me hanging out with the long hairs and stuff. But all through high school and through college, I would come home and sing and play when I could with that group. And then after college, Darwin and I and another fellow from our high school got together and did a group, which was my first taste of original music. And um, that was along that time I wrote a song, my first song that I wrote about my sister's divorce. This was 1978. Just say a few words about that first song you wrote. Is it still good from your point of view? It was a decent song, meaningful to me. But to me, if you've got something to write about, or for me at least, I can write a song. But I don't want to waste my time anymore trying to write a hit song. I think that's a dead-end road, for me at least. Well, you did that for a while, though? Yeah, I did. I tried really hard to write hit songs. In fact, I was in a community of songwriters here in Atlanta who everyone would 
love the melodies that I came up with. They would like it all. But one of the guys I admired the most as a writer just would say, you know, why don't you write something that means something to you instead of just, you know, trying to find a hook and then trying to write words to support the hook. Don't do it that way. He's right. It needs to come from inside you and be something that you want to talk about or want to express or need to express. Well, you did come up with some good material. And actually, you know, what you've just expressed is really the point behind Song of the Soul, that what really comes from your center. And so let's get started on what comes from the center of Tim Purcell. How do you want to start us off for Song of the Soul? Well, let's go back to a turning point in my life, which was around 1986 when my first daughter was born and my wife and I had to choose how our future was going to play out. Would I continue trying to hold down a full-time day job and play music at night and hire a au pair or a nanny or whatever to take care of the kids? Because my wife had a great career in front of her and there was no way we were going to deny her that. So we just sat down with a pencil and paper and wrote the pros and cons of all the different variables. And to my wonderment and joy, the variable that came up was the best was for me to quit my job and to uh, play music at night, take care of my children or my child at the time in the daytime, hand her off to the wife at night, go to the club and play, get home at two o'clock and hope the kids slept late. (laughs) She did. It was wonderful. It worked out so well. We did that over a stretch of time that Our kids are nine years apart. And so I had a child at home for 23 years, basically. It was great. So exactly how much smarter than you is Terry? She's a whole lot smarter than me. I point that out in the song. And it's my job to make sure she understands that. Our listeners here today for Song of the Soul are getting impatient with my blather. And they would love to hear some music from Tim Purcell Here is one. It's copyrighted back in 1986, very early in his parenthood, and it's called Liberated Me. And there it goes. I used to have ambition. I was headed for the top. That gravy train I was riding on came to a sudden stop. This must be where I get on Guess my working days are through So if I can't fight what I can't change There's only one thing left to do Cause I'm tired of them working this two-bit job I'm gonna change my life around And find me a woman with a future And I'm gonna settle down it might seem a little strange at first And my daddy won't understand But I'll swallow my pride and go along for the ride Cause I'm a liberated man Well, she ain't got to be pretty Oh, no, I won't make a fuss Pretty is as pretty does But a good job is a must And give her everything she needs And it won't be hard to convince her She's a whole lot smarter than me Well, somewhere out there's got to be a woman just right 
provide for a man like me. I'll be faithful, I'll be true, Lord. I know there's thousands of listeners out there in Song of the Soul listening territory who, now that they've heard the song, Liberated Man, say, where can I get my copy of it? And I've got bad news for you folks. Uh, All except one of the songs that we'll be listening to today for Song of the Soul from Tim Purcell. None of them are available quite yet, but liberated man better be one of the ones that's released him because otherwise, you know, there's going to be broken hearts weeping across <laughs> the nation. <laughs> Tell folks about what's possible. Well, there's a couple of things that we're thinking about. I think that we are going to launch a Patreon account probably mid-December in return for the generosity of our fans and their support. We're going to offer many different things at different levels of support. But one of the things we're going to offer is free downloads of some of my original songs. And certainly that will be there. And depending on the response, I mean, if we get a huge response, we may go back and actually maybe record a video and put it out on YouTube and things. And we do have a new CD coming out that will also, it'll be free to uh, Patreon supporters and it'll go on sale to the public shortly afterward. It should be out before Christmas. But we put all of the video, audio from the videos that we've done this past year, and there were 13 of those. And then we also put on the Road to Forever onto it. So it's possible that we will add some of these songs to future CDs and or if we decide to re-record them. Because as you could, I mean, that's a live recording that you just heard there, which was actually came out pretty good. But I don't know if I would want to offer that for sale to anyone. Let's have some more honey for our listeners to Song of the Soul from Tim Purcell. What can we share next? Let's go with a song that was written again by myself and Jim Fallon. This song was written probably in the early 90s in a group called Perfect World. We put this band together. It only lasted like six months, but immediately we were on the scene in Atlanta. We were opening up for bands like Widespread Panic and people like that at the Cotton Club in Atlanta, which was a big venue for acts of every nature. Three months into it, we entered a contest with the big rock and roll station here in Atlanta and were runners up in this statewide band search thing. But just the different responsibilities and the different situations of the members 
one of the key members had to leave and go back to Florida. <laughs> That's a really dumb story, not worth telling. But we got some good recordings out of it. And this is an example of finding a hook and developing lyrics around the hook that aren't necessarily heartfelt, but it's a good song. And is this performed by Perfect World? Yes, it is. So we're going to step over the line with a song written by Tim Purcell and Jim Fallon, performed with the group Perfect World back in the 90s sometime. Early 90s. Very early 90s. Here is Step Over the Line.
Well, that sure is some fancy guitar playing at the end of that song. It's called Step Over the Line. It is one that he co-wrote with Jim Fallon and uh, one of many bands, I guess, that he's been part of. Uh, he started out with American Apple, and the way I found out about him was with the wonderful cover songs that he did with Foxes and Fossils. And unfortunately, I actually haven't heard enough of the music that you did over the years with the Mustangs. How long were you with the Mustangs? Oh, that's a great story. When I left Mama's Country Showcase in Atlanta, two things had happened. There's a, a Georgia Hall of Fame, Music Hall of Fame producer, Rodney Mills, who had come out to see me at the club and took an interest in me. And I love Rodney for that. He was a, a, a very much an influence in my life and opened my eyes to a lot of things. And another fellow, Mike Huddleston, who wanted to be in the music business as a manager, but didn't have any experience, which probably was a bad thing for Mike and me. When I left Mama's Country Showcase, and there's a song about that, Mike and Rodney and myself took a group of songs that Jim Fallon and I had written, went to Nashville and did an A-team demo. You know, the same players that played on my demo were playing on Winona Judd's albums at the time. I mean, it was the A-team. So you were about to introduce a song that you wanted to share. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one is a kind of a sad song. But at that Mama's Country Showcase, there was always this issue of control. And I'd never been in a situation like that before. Being the front man and the lead singer, the clientele of the club always perceived me as being the band leader, which was a, a term that was foreign to me. We'd never had a band leader in any of the bands I'd been in, but it was really important to one of the guys in that group. And there was just constant friction between us that was, it was absurd. And it just went on and on. And I think was probably the genesis of what ended up having them let us go. There were many, many factors. We were there for two and a half years, but one day they just called on the phone and said, come get your stuff. All right. And we walked over there and they actually had an armed guard walk <laughs> through the club with us to make sure that we didn't get any of their stuff. So we just took her stuff away and, and left. But then I wrote this song, Smile and Say Goodbye, because there was no way that we were ever going to come to any kind of understanding, any kind of compromise, any kind of solution to the problem. So the, the best thing that we could do was just to let it go, smile and say goodbye. So we've got the song Smile and Say Goodbye, performed by Tim Purcell, along with a musical accompanist. Here is his song, a sad moment in life, but the step to the next place in life. Smile and Say Goodbye. What am I doing here? This is no place for me. I don't know how to change it But I don't want to leave Have I been here that long? Is there nothing we can do? It's time to stop pretending It's time to face the truth And say goodbye Standing goodbye to compromise, goodbye to all the angry nights, and the truth gets lost in the lies. Goodbye to what might have been, 
There's no need to cry Let's make the best of things And smile and say goodbye I know I'm gonna make it And I'm sure you'll make it too And one day we'll look back and say It was the only thing to do But it was great while it lasted And you can't say we didn't try But it's time to face the music It's time to say goodbye Say goodbye to understanding Best of things and smile and say goodbye. Let's make the best of things and smile and say goodbye. The wonderful music you're hearing today for Song of the Soul comes to you via Tim Purcell. That was his song, Smile and Say Goodbye. The music and the words were by Tim. A lot of songs he's co-written with other folks, but that one was released actually on a CD back in 1996. Could you say a little bit about that release, what it was released on? It's not available anymore, I understand. I still have a few of those CDs laying around and I could reproduce them if I needed to. It also might be something that we do at the Patreon level. But anyway, that CD was, as I said, recorded in in Nashville with the A-Team. So that song I played piano on, I'm not A-Team, but there were, I think, eight or nine songs on that CD. And that was the genesis of the Mustangs. And we worked club and corporate and private jobs for the next, probably 98 when that happened. We were doing really big corporate events and things a lot until... 2008, when the big car companies flew to Washington in their private jets to ask for a handout, if you recall the terrible press that the companies got, they published the salaries of the CEOs and chairmen and the fact that they flew their private jets to Washington, what an insult it was to the taxpayers and to anyone else who had to work for a living, blah, 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 blah. Well, clients of ours like Coca-Cola Enterprises and Alabama Power, Price Oil, people that we've been doing jobs for for four and five years in a row that were paying us a lot of money. Poof, no more. They didn't want anything to do with these, you know, boondoggle soiree party type things that we were playing at. And it really led to the birth of Foxes and Fossils because I believe it was January 2010 when for the first time since probably 82 or 83, I was not playing a New Year's Eve job. They just weren't there. None of the agencies that we'd worked for had any, no, no connections. There was nothing. That's when I was just piddling around on the guitar and Sammy singing harmony and came down to the studio. And it's all right there on our website you can read about. <laughs> 
Before we go on to some more music from Tim Purcell and his various incarnations of bands he's played with, I want to remind you, you are listening to Song of the Soul. On the web, you find us at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find a link to all of our guests of the last 15 years. And so foxesandfossils.com is a link that maybe is primary for Tim Purcell. There's, you can go out on Facebook and find the fan page for Foxes and Fossils. We'll have that link on Northern Spirit Radio. We got a lot more information on the website, so come by. And when you do, remember to comment on and rate our programs. We love your feedback. We love the connection with you. You give us life when you connect with us. There's also a donate button on our website. That's how we do support this full-time work. We don't have big corporate sponsors like the Mustangs that Tim was part of used to have. So please support us if you can and support your local media, local community radio station. It's just an awesome thing. There's some 40 plus stations across the United States that are carrying the programs, Song of the Soul and also our program Spirit in Action. You can find those links on northernspiritradio.org. But right now, I want to go on to some more music with Tim Purcell. Again, we're spanning a wide career. It's got decades in various bands, various groups that he's been part of. And the one that just grabbed, captivated me was from the moment that I saw Sweet Judy Blue Eyes performed in 2010 by Foxes and Fossils. And with later ones, just a couple months ago, I interviewed Tim's daughter, Sammy, who's part of Foxes and Fossils, doing Angel from Montgomery, John Prine's song on a tribute that I did to John Prine. Sammy made that song all of her own. Sammy and Tim are just two of, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I don't know how many foxes and fossils there are, but they've all got great talents. So let's go on to some more music from Tim Brussel. What can we share next for your song of the soul, Tim? Well, it's funny because I was talking about that period when I had that epiphany about, I'm not going to ever really do this, riding back from Nashville. It was also a time frame that I'd written a lot of songs. One of the songs that I wrote was a song to my lovely daughter, Samantha, when she was just a babe in arms. This song could probably be better written, could probably be rewritten with a little more clarity to it. But sometimes ambiguity is the best thing. There are times in here where I think you probably can't decide if I'm talking to a grown woman that I'm in love with or a baby, which is I wrote it for the baby which made my other two babies really jealous. <laughs> Why didn't you write a song about me, Dad? I said, well, it just wasn't the time. You know, it just it didn't have anything to do with favoritism. It just was, this just came to be. This song is not on anything that you could buy or anything. But I think this is a, a live performance as well. When I was just touring around as a single doing little college things as I was promoting that career with my manager that I spoke up briefly. Sammy is the name that I know her by, but Samantha is the full form. Right. Here it is by Tim Purcell. It was released in 1997. Samantha. Why bring on the world? Nothing can stop her. This American girl. And she knows what she's after And she knows what to do While she waits for her dreams to come true 
Can I share them with you? Do you love me, Samantha? Oh, you know I love you. From now till forever, I'll be here for you. Through good times and bad times, my heart will stay true. I love her this much Will she tell me tomorrow What I want her to say Or is this just A game that she plays I want you to say That you love me, Samantha Oh, you know I Samantha performed, written by Tim Purcell, here today for Song of the Soul, written for his daughter. Could just been well written for a lover as well. It's got that high charge. And I know in the song, Tim, when you talk about discovering the love, I remember when my son was born two weeks into it, I remember standing above him and crying 
because I realized for the first time in my life, with no exaggeration at all, I'd give my life. I would step in front of the bullet. I would do whatever to protect this person. And even though I'd always liked kids, always was good with kids, I had no idea that that depth of love and connection and belonging to him could exist. And clearly that kind of love for Sammy comes through in your song. Yeah, I hope so, because it was certainly there and is there. And again, folks, like all the music that's today, except for one of them, there's no place I can point you to to get them yet, except I do hope that you'll connect up with the Patreon setup that Tim Purcell is going to set up very shortly, uh, within a week or two or three, you should find it. And some of the prizes, the some of the awards you'll get at various levels will include songs like maybe you get Samantha on that one, hopefully. Absolutely. I'm going to keep us moving right along so we can get in, I think, two more songs if we're really lucky. What can we share next, Tim? Well, we're going to get into the crux of songwriting, I think. The next song that we'll talk about was also written around the same time frame, might be a little earlier than that. And it was, I'd say, probably May of 1996. I got a call from my aunt, a very lovely Southern woman who uh, encouraged me to write a song in honor of my parents' 50th wedding. Oh, it'd be so good if you could write them a song. <laughs> it's just, how are you going to... I dismissed the idea. I didn't think I was going to even attempt it. And like so many things, once you start thinking about something, it, it can just occupy your subconscious so much that all of a sudden it can just come bursting forth into your conscious. And I think this is what happened with this song. And I think this probably is the best song I've ever written. I was sitting in the choir loft in church, listening to a minister on Father's Day, but I was sitting there and this preacher was talking about the kind of love that endures and he was talking about a father's love. And of course, he was making allusions to the father in heaven, but earthly fathers and this, that, and the other. So I'm literally sitting there and boom, this complete verse just pops into my mind. And I write it down on the back of the bulletin. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to get home. And I get home and I call my friend, Jim Fallon. And I say, I got this great idea. I just need some help finishing out a couple of lines and stuff. When can we get together? He says, well, I can get together maybe tomorrow night. By the time that tomorrow night came, I was done. I was ready to record it. I honestly don't remember what he contributed to this song, but we had an agreement at the time, you know, that we were songwriting partners. But I think by the time the week was over, I had recorded the first version of it, and I'd asked Darwin to come up and play guitar on it. I think I'd done just uh, MIDI drums and keyboards and stuff, and I sang all the parts myself. But I had it ready to give to my parents on June 30th, their wedding anniversary. So it literally was born, recorded, written, and finished within 11 days. And at the party they had the night before their anniversary, they had a piano there. And I played and sang this song for them. And I remember my mother came running up and tears running down her face and hugging me. It breaks me up to think about it. But I, I love this song, and, and I hope that people will like it as well. It's called The Road to Forever. Was it by chance? Was it by fate? Two hearts came together 
Two souls found a mate He knew from the first time He looked in her eyes That she'd be the love of his life What was she feeling He had to know His country was calling had to go Would she be waiting If he made it home Or would she grow tired And begin alone Was it kind of love He'd never
Tim Purcell is my guest today for Song of the Soul. That was his song, The Road to Forever, written back in the mid-1990s for his mom and his dad for their anniversary. His mom died just a year and a half ago. So there are a lot more years of her presence that he had in his life. You can feel how much that one's of the moment for celebrating your mother and father and their time together. Well, we've got time for just one more song. Let's scoot on into it. How can we conclude your song of the soul, Tim? For years and years, I was, uh, I still am, a gigantic Atlanta Braves fan. But when they were in Turner Field, we would park our car on the west side of the interstate. And then we would walk on the street under the overpass of the interstate to get to the ballpark. There were many, 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 many homeless and disabled people who would line the sidewalk and ask for handouts as you were walking through there. It always had an effect on me and was something I discussed often with my religious friends, with my secular friends, with, you know, what is the proper response? What should you do? Should you give them 20 bucks knowing that they're probably going to go right down to the liquor store or to the drug dealer and get what they need? And how did those people that only have one leg get in that wheelchair and get down here? Someone pushed them, you know, someone setting them up to go to a place to panhandle. So it's just always been like a question in my mind is, what do you do? What do you do? One morning I was driving to the golf course on a Sunday morning and this thing just popped into my mind. You think of yourself as a good person or a good man and you want to do the things that you think are the right thing to do. Whether you think going to church is the right thing to do or not is irrelevant. But for me and people I grew up with, that's what you did on Sunday morning. You went to church. And here I was going to the golf course. So this thing popped in my head. Well, I'm a good man. I go to church when I can. If I'm not too hungover, which was a common thing, or I don't have other plans, which like playing golf, you know, other plans. So that just popped in my and I chewed on that for literally two years. And then I got to thinking about the Braves moved to the suburbs. They're five miles from my house, which is wonderful. And they have this adult Disneyland that you walk through to get to the ballpark. There aren't any panhandlers. There aren't any beggars or anything. It's a, a wonderful experience. But it just got to me reflecting. And all of a, and again, the subconscious took over and, and this, this song came to my mind. This song is not necessarily about any individual person. But there is a street that runs in downtown Atlanta that's in the area of Turner Field called Lucky Street, L-U-C-K-I-E. So I start the song off with there's a man down on Lucky Street, down on his luck on Lucky Street, if you will, and go from there. But just describe this man and Darwin and I wrote it together. I wrote 90 percent of it, but he came up. And again, this is an example I say, don't ask me to come write a song with you if you don't need me. And when Darwin came up, he came up with this great line. Was it uh, choices that he made or a chance he never had? What put this man in that position? And then I switch over to my point of view that, hey, I'm a good man. You know, I go to church when I can. If I'm not too hungover, I don't have other plans. I got a good life and it'll be all right or okay, all right. If I just walk on by and don't look him in the eye, then I'm talking about the homeless guy. That I can make everything okay for me if I just walk on by and I don't look at him. But still, I don't know what the answer is. Volunteer work, government help, private help, church help, or whatever. Because one of the things I do remember about the Bible is that, that Christ said, the poor will always be with you. 
I think what he meant was you should go out and tend to them and help them. But as I say in the end of the last verse, I'm, I'm more resolved than ever to never look him in the eye, which is an awful way to be, but I think it's the way a lot of people are. It's a struggle that comes through in the song, that particular that reflection, you know, yeah, I'm a good man, right? Oops. Yeah, I'm <laughs> and, a good man. <laughs> well, I think you are a good man, Tim Purcell. And folks, you've heard Tim's music in various guises, various stages of his life during this interview. I really want to encourage you to go to the foxesandfossils.com website. Also visit their fan page on Facebook. I got links for that on northernspiritradio.com. Org. You should know the Mustangs. Uh, some members of the Mustangs are also part of Foxes and Fossils. And he's been part of so many groups over the years, American Apple and Perfect World. And this song is about reaching towards a perfect world, but not trying to find the specific nuts and bolts that make it happen, but uh, look at honestly at ourselves, which is a really good step towards a perfect world. And Tim, I am so thankful that you've produced this music. I'm thankful the music that you've given us, not only through yourself, but through your daughter, Sammy, and through Chase, and through Maggie, and all the other members of Foxes and Fossils. you got great music that you've been birthing into the world. And I'm so thankful that your wife made you a liberated man so that you could be free to do this kind of music. I think all that would have been lost if it hadn't been for Terry's gift to you and to us and to the world. Thank you so much for joining me here today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you. And don't forget to visit our YouTube channel. It's full of videos and uh, we'd love for you to take a look. I've got that link on NorthernSpiritRadio.org as well, along with some great bonus excerpts from my visit with Tim Purcell, stuff I couldn't fit into the radio broadcast. We're going out with one last song from Tim, recently released, co-written with Darren Connert. It's called Walk On By. Visit foxesandfossils.com, connect with all their recent videos and music, support them via their soon-to-be Patreon account, and please join us again next week for Song of the Soul. In the meantime, walk on by. I don't know his name He sleeps up in the underpass And stays out of the rain In a rusty old grocery cart He keeps everything he owns Talking to himself So he won't be alone And I look away and wonder How it ever got this bad Was it choices that he made Chance he never had I'm a good man I go to church when I can If I'm not too hungover And I don't have other plans It's a good life And I'll be alright If I just walk on by Don't look him in the eye Walk on
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.